Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, Miami. Uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat, uh, <laughs> can y'all feel that, can y'all feel that, jig it out, uh, here I am in the place where I come let go, in Miami, the base and the sunset low, every day like a Mardi Gras, everybody party all day, no work, all play, okay, so we sip a little something, leave the rest to spill, me and Charlie at the bar, running up a high bill, nothing less than ill, when we dress to kill, every time the ladies pass, they be like, can y'all feel me, all ages and races, real sweet faces, every different nation, Spanish, Haitian, Indian, Jamaican, black, white, Cuban, or Asian, I only came for two days of playing, but every time I come, I always wind up staying. This the type of town I can spend a few days in Miami, the city that keeps the roof blazing. Rainstorms ain't nothing to mess with, but I can't feel a drip on the strip. It's a trip. Ladies have dress full of your quip, and they be screaming out. So I'm thinking I'ma scoop me something hot in this south. Summer rain-gay melting pot. Hottest club in the city, and it's right on the beach. Temperature, get to ya, it's about to reach. 500 degrees in the Caribbean seas with the hot mommies screaming. Every time I come to town, they be spotting me. In the drop, Bentley ain't no stopping me. So cash in your dough and flow to this fashion show. Pound for pound, anywhere you go. Yo, ain't no city in the world like this. And if you ask how I know, I got to plead the best. Is the city that we know don't sleep And we all know that LA and Philly stay jiggy But on the snakes, Miami bringing heat for real Y'all don't understand I never seen so many Dominican women with sediment tan Mira, this is the plan Take a walk on the beach, draw a heart in the sand Give me your hand, damn you look sexy Let's go to my yacht in the West Keys Ride my jet skis, lounge under the palm trees Cause you gotta have cheese for the summer house Peace on South Beach Water so clear you can see to the bottom Hundred thousand dollar cars, everybody got them Ain't no surprise in the club this is Miami, my second home. Miami is the city where
It only happens once a year, and it only happens at Homestead Miami Speedway. The world will be watching as dreams are made, hopes are crushed, and championships earned. It's Ford Championship Weekend, November 16th to the 18th. Three days of fun for the whole family with live music, tailgating, go-kart racing, and so much more. Plus, it's the only place to witness the crowning of three NASCAR champions. Call 866-409-RACE or go to homesteadmiamispeedway.com for tickets. This is Spencer Boyd, driver of the number 76 grunt-style Chevy Camaro. Listen to the pit stop with Tim Despain. Good evening from Vega Nation. I'm Tim Despain alongside SpeedweekDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Woodson, which is up in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right outside of Richmond, Richmond Raceway. The way the crow flies here, uh, I'm about eight miles south of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. we got a big shoulder now. Let's go ahead and bring in Stephen here and see how he's doing tonight. Uh, come on there, computer. Stephen Woodson, how you doing, bro? I'm doing all right. That sounds good, brother. Uh, the number to call in is 215-383-3671. Like I said, I'm Tim Spain alongside SpeedWeedDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson coming up here shortly. We've got uh, Mr. Brennan Poo is going to join us. He's going to talk about his uh, his comeback. He drove a truck there for uh, Next Generation Motorsports, Texas Motor Speedway. Can't wait to hear what, what all he has to say, maybe some of his future endeavors there. But, Stephen, before we get down there where we got Brennan on, uh, we have another one lock in out there at uh, Texas Motor Speedway. We figured it was going to be just a matter of time. I figured it would probably be uh, this weekend at uh, Phoenix. Uh, Mr. Kevin Harvick locked in his ticket to Homestead Miami Speedway to the championship four. Now we've got two Fords that are locked in. Uh, what do you think, brother? You think uh, you think we're going to see something unusual this weekend at ISM Raceway? I don't know if we'll see anything unusual. What we are going to see is is Kevin Harvick is going to do the same thing that he's done before there. I think he's going to be the strongest to beat there out of out of the overall field. Uh, I think he may potentially go in there and rob somebody of an automatic bid in. So there's going to be some point situations that are going to have to be hashed out um, uh, at at the end of Sunday going into Homestead. So. Um, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think he's just going to be very strong there. I think the whole Stuart Haas racing field is going to be pretty strong there. Um, you know, Kurt Busch and um, he, him or uh, uh, Clint Boyer is going to have to win pretty much to come in this Sunday. Um, Kyle Busch or Martin Truex Jr. are going to have to slip up pretty badly um, very early in the race and uh, potentially be out of the race um, for uh, uh, Kurt Busch to come in there take one of those uh, last two remaining spots. So, uh, um, you know, um, somebody, somebody, uh, somebody uh, at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to point their way in. Um, I think where they sit out right now, um, Trucks and Kyle Busch are going to be the two that are 
going to potentially point themselves in except for, you know, if something happens. And we may see that because they've reconfigured Phoenix. Um, the start-finish line is now over in the old turn two where the dog leg is. So uh, we may see some uh, different style of racing there, which uh, can cause some chaos. We've seen chaos in that um, dog leg in the past and for these drivers that are going out there um some of them still just trying to win a race here in 2018 such as jim johnson or denny hamlin um you know somebody like that may even come in there and spoil the show and uh, you know they're they're driving hard uh, to get that to get that win uh, in 2018 and not necessarily you know are they in contention to go to to homestead for a championship but they are looking um you know to get back into victory lane so you know there's a there's a potential for a lot of different scenarios that occur next Sunday at ISM Raceway. <clears throat> and as you mentioned, Stephen, uh, they reconfigured ISM Raceway there. They put the start finish line over in what is now turn two, right before going into the dog leg. Uh, you and I will listen to a lot of Sirius XM NASCAR radio. There's a lot of drivers talking about it. It's going to take them a little bit of time to get used to that, Stephen. And I'm curious also, during the race or especially during practice, do you think some of these some of these teams are going to try to, I don't know, with it being different with it, with their notebooks and everything pounded in their head where the start-finish line is. Like you mentioned, it's all the way around there before it goes into the dog leg right there in turn two. So now your notebooks are, they're still good for the uh, for the track, but now you got to race that little bit extra around just like you do here at Talladega Super Speedway, like, you know, you had come down and got to enjoy the 1000buffs.com with uh, Susanna and I, UNAM. And the start finish line is not like at Daytona here at Talladega. It's way down toward turn one. And that from that stretch, from you taking Daytona versus Talladega, I'm just using this as an example, taking Daytona versus Talladega and moving that start finish line down toward one, turn one. Now you've moved that start finish line from Phoenix all the way around to the other side. There's a lot of racing between where the start finish line used to be and where it's going to be Sunday, isn't it, brother? Yeah, I I think you're going to see a lot of different racing than we've seen there in the past. Just reconfiguration on some of these tracks has um, caused chaos for drivers. That dog leg has been chaos in the past because the way that they dip down on that flat surface there uh, and then come back up off of it, uh, riding the side skirts and sparking the side skirts onto that. And cars are bottoming out pretty well through there. So suspension, you know, there's been suspension problems in the past. Some of those drivers that hit that at the wrong angle get slammed right into the wall, get hooked, uh, coming back up onto that, um, you know, onto the racetrack and the backing on the racetrack. So, um, yeah, I, I think we could see some potential for some chaos to occur. Um, there's a lot of scenarios, like I said, I think we're, we may may see at, at ISM. And, um you know, between the field of, you know, one or two people that are trying to point themselves in, um, and another driver maybe trying to steal a show. Uh, I think there's just uh, it, it creates almost the perfect storm for the week before going into Homestead. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome, brother. And you had mentioned too, uh, Kurt Busch is outside looking in. You got Kevin Harvick, like I mentioned. This is his track. Uh, he's always run really, really well there at ISM Raceway. Joe Logano's already into the championship four. If Kevin Harvick wins like he normally does, I'm not saying that he's going to, but the odds are, I'm pretty sure the Vegas odds are picking him really, really good 
to win this race at ISM Raceway this coming weekend, this Sunday afternoon. If Kevin Harvick wins, that's going to take going to take away one of them wins that someone else could actually get. It's called it's called stealing the spot. It's what I call it. And if we look at that scenario, Stephen, I don't have it brought up, but what are we looking at? Let's just uh, speak hypothetically that Kevin Harvick does win. What does that do to the points deal with the two behind him, with Kyle Busch, and which Kyle Busch got to point his way in also? But then you, that's going to take away from Kurt Busch. There's so much we could talk about, Stephen. I want to get your take on that one if you can, bro. Well, uh, I, I'm going to go through very quickly. NASCAR has put put this together um, very nicely on uh, the you know, clinch scenarios coming into Phoenix. Uh, we have Logano. We've got Harvick. They're already in. They don't have any problem. Um, I'm going to go through this very, very quickly because there's a lot of information to go through. Um, Kyle Busch can clinch if he has 53 points and there's a new winner. If there's a repeat winner or win by Truex or a non-playoff driver, he would need 28 points. With a win, he'd automatically clinch as usual. Truex, again, um, clinches on points, 55 points and a new winner. Repeat winner, he would need 31 points, and a win would put him in automatically. Uh, Kurt Busch, the only way that he can get in um, is to clinch on points, but he would need some kind of help or he would have to win um, the event Chase Elliott same way he would uh, need to um, he would need help from other drivers such as Truex or Kyle, uh, Truex or Kyle Busch um, with early incidents Amarillo and Boyer their only way in is they have to win the race there's no other way and there's no path forward for either of them without winning so I just kind of went through that pretty pretty quickly of uh, what the the scenarios are in championship clinch for Phoenix this weekend. Um, so again, you know, like I said, there's a there's a a lot of different ways that some of these drivers could get in. And um Kyle Bush, I mean sorry, Kyle Bush, Martin Truex Jr. Um and uh and 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 Kurt Bush, um, you know, and Chase Elliott, they're they're all racing for those final two stop bots in this. Um points are gonna matter, stage points are gonna matter for every point that you can get. I don't think any of these drivers are gonna have they're gonna to have to be in the top ten all day long. They're gonna to have to collect some kind of stage points in order to get that help that they need. If they don't get some of that stuff, then they're gonna have some problems. Um otherwise they need to win. Uh, you know, wins are an automatic bid in, no matter the fact of, you know, whether you're in fifth or whether you're in eighth right now, that win will put you in. Um, so again, I think there's a lot of stuff going you know, going through uh, right now on what these drivers can do, um, how they can get in. The minds of these drivers are, uh, uh, are, are you know, looking to what they can do. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think each one of them are going to need some help. Um, Truex and Kyle Busch, um, you know, they they were had up and down days the last couple of weeks. Kevin Harvick has been on top of his game. Um, you know, I, I, I just think there's just a lot of scenarios that could happen right now surrounding all of these, um, all of these drivers and all of these that are currently, um, you know, going into Phoenix this week, looking for a a a win to 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 move on. It's going to be very interesting, and I can't wait, especially with the new track configuration, like you and I talked about. And you brought up Eric Almarola. And uh, Eric had a 
his post race interview after the after the Triple A Texas five hundred there at Texas Motor Speedway, he was uh he was sort of getting on Joey Logano there uh, a little bit and uh, you know, Joey uh he I don't think it was anything of his doing, but he mentioned the thought if he got close to Joey Logano that he might he didn't come out and say it, but he come uh just my just my thinking, he he might put him in the wall. But I mean, you know, we Stephen, we talk about this week in and week out. It's called racing, and if it come down to you and I, as good of friends as we are, going into the final turn on the last lap at Miami Homestead Speedway, you're in first, and I got to run on you, and I can move you. I'm probably going to move you because that's a chance to win the championship. And you know, we can deal with the friendship later, but uh. Just a little bit, Stephen. Give me your thoughts on that post-race interview with Eric Amarillo after the Triple A Texas 500 there at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, Joey Logano in these playoffs. Joey Logano in some of these playoff scenarios hasn't ended well for him. Look back at Martinsville between him and Kansas that ended his championship run two years ago. Um, I don't know if Eric Amarillo is serious enough to be a driver to go out there and kamikaze this thing and uh, do the same thing that uh, Matt Kenseth did at, at either this weekend, well, not necessarily this weekend, but next weekend at, 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 or the weekend after at Homestead. Um, those 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 drivers, um, when they're in their position, even if they're not locked into the championship, then they, um, you know, they're still racing for points. They're still racing for those positions. And every position that they move up or down in the points is a matter of how much money they're going to get at the end of the year. Um, that directly relates to them and the team. So, um, you know, I, I, again, I don't – that's – that's you know, we've we've heard drivers in the heat of battle um, coming off of races. They say some things, and then, you know, they, they realize that, you know, they, they've said these things later on, and, you know, they, we, re- we really don't have a lot of problems. Um, Matt Kenseth has, you know, been a driver that he kamikaze this thing a couple of years ago at Martinsville. He's uh, him and Brad Keselowski years ago got into it at Phoenix after an on-track incident that ended his run. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, is Eric Onwala in the and, I, and I'm not saying that Matt Kenseth is a bad guy for for doing what he did. I mean, he, uh, you know, I I I think he had every well every uh, well intention of um, paying back these drivers or letting these drivers know that he had uh, he he took issue with the way that they raced it. Um, you know, NASCAR has repeatedly said, "Don't use your car as a weapon on the racetrack." Cobbush did it years ago uh, at Texas during the Truck Series race that ended his championship run that year because NASCAR suspended him. Uh, you know, Matt Kenseth was suspended after doing what he did. Um, you know, NASCAR um, has always frowned upon using your car as a weapon. And uh, they're always going to continue to, to uh, you know, uh, uh, using your car as a weapon such as that. If you go up and, you know, tag somebody's bumper, get them real loose, get them out of the groove, lose them out of the way with that chrome horn, NASCAR doesn't take issue with that. I think NASCAR, you know, they want you to go out there and they want you to do those kinds of things. If you get in a heated discussion or a pretty heated argument on pit road, you're not using, you're not using weapons, you're not using cars, and, you know, again, that's your emotions. They don't take issue with that. Um, but back to Eric Armall at the end of the day, I think he's 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 big picturing this whole thing. And yeah, you know, every driver has gone out there and said something that you know they're they're going to retaliate. They're they're going to move the guy out of the way. This guy's never going to win a championship because 
you know, they did something to me and I'm going to make sure of it at the end of the day. But, um, you know, these drivers, they're, they're still fighting for points. They're still fighting for season and money. And there's a big picture to this whole thing. And, you know, you, you get it off your chest and you move on at some, some ways. And, you know, in, in the past, and it's, it's Miami Homestead Speedway, a place that you want to go out there and mess around too much and put somebody into the wall. No, I don't think so. Because we saw that with Carl Edwards one year uh, where he was put into the wall. Uh, it ended his championship run, and he, I think he was running second or third at the time that he was put into the wall by another championship series driver. Uh, Carl Edwards got out of the car, walked all the way down to the to the pits of the. And I, sorry, I can't remember who it was. I'm, I want to say it was Joe Logano um, that put him in the wall, but uh, honestly, I don't remember enough. If Joe Logano is wrong, then I apologize for that. But you know, Carl Edwards walked all the way down pit road, went to went to the box shook every hand every hand of every team member in that box and then proceeded to go down to the infield care center. Um, that was just kind of the way that Carl Edwards is. Um, yes, he was uh, yes, he was mad, um, understandably frustrated in the fact that he was, uh, you know, again, he was running out of, remember, second or third or something like that. That time he got put in the wall, caused pretty serious damage to that car. I mean, destroyed the car on said Miami Speedway. Um, but, you know, in his gracious ending there is he uh he went and shook everybody's hand on pit road um from the competitor's box that put 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 him in the wall and uh, then proceeded to go to the care center at homestead miami so you know i don't, I don't think homestead is a place that um somebody should go out there and try and retaliate but so much because you know that it is a big fast track out there with sweeping corners into it you can cause a lot of damage you can hurt somebody out there um we've seen bristol you know, Bristol, Martinsville, Richmond, places like that, you know, people would typically retaliate because, you know, they have, they have a lesser, uh, you know, there's lesser impact in, into actually hurting a driver or, you know, doing something of serious nature. Uh, but in some place like Homestead, Miami Speedway, honestly, I don't think it's a place that, you know, anybody wants to go and do that. Um, and, and especially I don't think that Eric Amarola is the kind of driver that would just go out and intentionally just end somebody's day like that. Um, if he's racing them hard, he's racing them for the win. And Eric Amarola is out there leading this thing, and he's outside of the championship like Cole Custer did a year ago in the Xfinity Series. I think Eric Amarola will do everything to keep somebody behind him or get around that that lead car um, and win the race, regardless of the fact of whether he's in the championship or not. I will agree with you 100%, David. Let's bring on our guest tonight. Driver of the number 35 Toyota for Next Generation Motorsports this past weekend at Texas Motor Speedway, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Mr. Brennan Poole. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brennan Poo. Brennan, I understand you're I understand you're on vacation. I want to thank you for taking time to step out, brother. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, man, I am. I'm actually uh I'm at Disney World right now. I'm fixing to uh grab some tacos and, and uh try to get on a couple of rides this evening with um with all my girlfriend Lindsay. I'm I'm here with her whole family. So I I got back actually from the race in in uh Texas Motor Speedway and, and uh got up early and drove down here um right away so um 
you know, we're having a good time. I've been here a couple of days, and and uh, we've been enjoying it. So, but I'm I'm uh, also excited to be on the show tonight, and uh, I'm looking to have some fun and answer some questions and talk about whatever you want to talk about. But then again, thank you very much. Since you're on vacation, like uh, Jennifer said, you're gonna be down there at Disney again. Thanks you again for taking time. Come on, we've had you on a few years back. I think it's been I don't know, probably three or four years ago. But anyway, Brandon. First off, congratulations on the top 15 finisher at Texas Motor Speedway Friday evening, brother. First time back in the vehicle in a while. How was it? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. It was, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. You know, Next Gen's a, a really a brand new race team, and and um, you know, Jen and Teddy called me up and asked me uh, to come drive the truck, and and uh, I told them I would, and and um, you know, we were able to uh, run on the top 10. I think we finished eighth in the second stage, which was. It's a lot of fun and, and uh, wound up coming home 15th. So certainly proud of the effort. Um, you know, we got a lot to, to build on. And, um, you know, we certainly learned a lot throughout the entire uh, Texas weekend. So uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with those guys. I, I've known Teddy and Jen for, for a really long time. They've known me, shoot, since I, I was a teenager. So, um, you know, it was a lot of fun. And certainly uh, was a blast coming back to my home track. You know, I, I grew up in – Texas and South Texas and Houston and and I've raced at everything at Texas Motor Speedway and and had a lot of success there so it was a lot of fun to be able to to make my my NASCAR debut this year um, at Texas Motor Speedway and and um, you know it was fun so um, you know happy with how it turned out and and uh, looking forward to running another one with them here coming up uh, in Miami so uh, we can close out the truck season with a strong another strong run and and uh, continue to, to work and build for the future. And Brennan, that was my next question. I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you. You know, you had started twenty second there and finished eighth in uh, stage two. You had a had a really good truck there. Can you talk a little bit about how your truck was during the whole race, uh, for stage one and then finished eighth, finished stage two, and then there again when you finished P fifteen. Yeah, for sure. You know, we were um, in practice. We were a little bit behind on speed, and, and we weren't sure uh, what we needed to do um, to get some speed in our truck and. And, um, you know, we, we ended up, you know, NASCAR gives you a couple of different uh, gear options, and we ended up changing um, changing gears in that truck early in the morning. And so we were unsure what was going to happen in qualifying. And, um, you know, so we, we were a little bit too tight uh, in qualifying and, and um, wound up being 22nd. But uh, definitely pick up, we picked up half a second from where we were in practice, so it was a big deal to us. And, and uh, you know, the truck drove really good. In practice, we just didn't have speed, so we felt like we were going to be able to, to be able to race with everybody and, and have a strong run. Um, you know, we just were lacking some speed. But when the race started, in that first run, the truck uh, drove pretty good. We were a little bit tight um, down in, in turns one and two, which now at Texas, which is the way they've, they've changed the configuration of the track, which taking a lot of that banking out and, and making the track a lot flatter over there um, is really the, the most important uh, part on the track to have speed. And so... The first run, you know, I felt like we were a little bit off, but, um, you know, Bell, my crew chief, made some a uh, good adjustment on the first stop after the first stage and got the truck just driving way better. I mean, night and day difference for that second stage, and we were able to drive our way up uh, into the top ten and, and get an eighth place uh, finish in that second stage, which we were really stoked about. Um, still, we're kind of fighting a little bit tight from in the center of the corner uh, to exit, and uh, felt like if we could get another good adjustment, uh, that we might be able to pull off a top 10 finish. And, um, you know, at that final stage, um, you know, that we made good adjustments. The truck was better. 
And as we ran, you know, we still built a little bit tight, which is something that we've talked about and we're going to work on uh, for the future. Um, but as that run went on, you know, things kind of got spread out and uh, we kind of flip-flopped on the stage. You know, some guys pit early and, we, and so we lost some track position and we knew it was going to be t- uh, hard getting it back. And we tried to play some fuel strategy at the end of that run. You know, we knew uh, there was a potential for, for a green flag stop, which ended up happening. And we took fuel only to try to maximize our, our where we were at uh, in that run. And, um, you know, I think we picked up a spot on the stop, which, which was good. And, and we wound up finishing 15th. So uh, it was a good effort. And uh, I think we learned a lot, you know, as a team and, and um, even on some strategy stuff that we tried to pull, which was good knowledge uh, for the future. So all in all, you know, it was a really good weekend. I think uh, we could have started the race maybe a little bit freer and uh, might've been able to, to have a little bit better track position for that um, for the end of that final, final run. But, but to all in all, man, for a, for a first first time out with a, with a with a new team, with all the stuff that they that they've got going on and been working and trying to grow, um, you know, really, really, it was just a really great strong run for us. Uh, we missed some crashes. We made good decisions. We were smart all night, and uh, we're able to put ourselves in a position to pick up stage points and to to end up finishing top 15. I, I think that's really all we could ask for, um, you know, at this stage and and the team's growth. So. Uh, super pumped about that. And like I said, you know, we're going to run uh, Miami together. And I'm super excited about another opportunity to go out there and, and um, try to take what we learned from the Texas weekend and apply it to our truck and try to find some speed and, um, you know, put ourselves in another position to go out and have a strong run. As, as you know, for me as a driver, you know, I'm trying to get prepared for next year. I've been out of the truck uh, or been out of a truck, a car, and racing in general for most of the year. And so I'm trying to get some seat time and make some laps and get on the track um, before we get ready to roll uh, in 2019. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to, the, to my future uh, in the sport and, and um, certainly looking forward to getting to Miami and getting back behind the wheel and making some more laps and, and trying to go out there and, and uh, you know, do the, best, do the best that we can. And my final question, Brendan, before I hand you over to Stephen, uh, I, I know you want to get out of here and enjoy your vacation. You mentioned the reconfigured uh, racetrack there at Texas Motor Speedway. For some of our listeners that may not know exactly what all they did there, turns one and two are not banked as steep as turns three and four. Did your, can you sort of let, let everybody know about how, how tough it is to get your truck set up to run one and two, and two but one and two flatter than three and four, three and four sort of being like a super speedway track? Not quite as big, not quite as steep as my 33-degree banking here at Dega, but can you let everybody know exactly just how tough that was? Yeah, it's really tough now with the changes that they made to the racetrack because both sides of the racetrack are completely different. And so your truck or your car are are never really going to handle, you know, it's never going to be perfect because you got two completely opposite styles of corners on the same track. And that makes it really challenging. And so, you're trying to make your truck or car balance um, to run in both of those corners. And, you know, in the truck, you're wide open through three and four. It's relatively pretty easy. And, and really on, on good tires, like in a qualifying run or something like that, and when your truck's driving good, you can be wide open in one and two too. But as the race goes on and the tires wear out or you're in traffic and, and you're behind another truck or car and you don't have all that downforce because of the air that's being taken away from you from the car in front of you, um, you know, you have to roll out of the gas. And when you roll out of the gas, that's when handling and, um, you know, how good your truck is behind another truck and stuff like that 
all that stuff comes in, into effect. And, and um, you know, our truck, you know, fortunately, was, was really good for most of the night through one and two. After we made a couple adjustments on it, and we were actually able to pass trucks up off of turn two. And I think you see that a lot if you watch a lot of the races at, at Texas. Um, you know, that's really the best place to pass is in one and two, you know, three and four, everyone's kind of wide open um, and just trying to get through the, get through the corner and, and keep your momentum up to try to set up a pass or pressure um, the truck or car in front of you into turn one. And if you can keep pressure on that car or truck in front of you, you know, you can make them overdrive that entry to turn one and make them wash up the bottom off the bottom. And when you can do that, what it does is it's able, you're able to get air to the front of your truck or in front of your car and you're able to, um, you know, carry more speed through the center of the corner and make that pass up off of turn two. And, um, you know, that's what everybody was working on all night long. And what I've worked on in Xfinity and, and in the truck series is just being able to, um, you know, get a fender out, get, get some clean air, pressure that, that truck or car in front of you, and uh, carry that momentum from the corner to, to pass in. And, um, you know, it's tough now. It's very similar to Kentucky. You know, Kentucky is really flat in turns three and four. It's almost the, the opposite version of, of Texas. And, and um, you know, the, those uh, type style of tracks seem to, um, you know, fit my style of driving. I've been able to be uh, pretty successful at Kentucky. And, um, you know, Texas kind of now fits my style even more than it did in the past. So um, it, it, it really was a, a good weekend for us. And like I said, man, it's fun. When, whenever a racetrack can give you that, two different corners and, and kind of make some character in the racetrack and make it tough on you. Um, for me, I think that gives me an advantage. I feel like I do better at tracks where you have to um, maybe balance your truck or car between opposite ends. Uh, and um, for me, it just seems to, to be something I have a knack for. So I enjoy that part of it. But and again, thanks for taking time to come on, and glad to see you back in the sport, brother. Glad to see Mr. Brennan Poole back. And uh, before I hand you over to Stephen, I want to thank you very much for taking time to come on. And uh, myself and Suzanne, we're going to fly out next Thursday evening heading down to Homestead, and Stephen and his wife flying from Richmond down. So uh, maybe we'll run into you there at a Homestead, bro. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Come over and uh, say hey to me. I appreciate that. All right, I will. Thank you, Brennan. Sorry, you there, I'm, I'm here. Sorry. I, I, yeah, I'm here. I, I hit the button. Sorry. Well, I appreciate you coming on here tonight, Brennan. Uh, first thing I want to ask you is in Truck Series race, there's seven cautions there. There's 13, 14 cautions. The Xfinity Series spent the next day. Um, just how tough is this track now that it has been repaved, that it has been reconfigured? We saw a lot of trucks. We saw a lot of Xfinity Series cars. They were tracked very, very wickedly loose in some of these turns, causing some of the cautions out there. Um, just just how difficult is this track now to drive with, with this new pavement and this new configuration? Yeah, well, it's a lot tougher. Um, you know, before the old track, I mean, yeah, it was worn out and it's hard on tires, but you can move around the racetrack and run up against the wall or in the middle of the track and get clean air on your nose. And you can do a lot of different things in order to um, keep the downforce on your car and, and make speed. And, and, and anytime you repave a racetrack, you know, the fastest way around the track is always the shortest way around. And that's right on the bottom. And so it uh, makes it really tough on restarts, you know, because the track is super aero sensitive. And, um, you know, when you're side by side uh, with another car, or another truck, and, you're, and you don't have that air on your quarter panel, kind of giving you that side force, that little extra bit that you need, um, 
you know, to keep your car stable, um, you know, the cars just get a little bit out of control and, and, uh, you have to kind of, it's hard to explain, but you know, the car is good and, and it's under your control until it's not, you know, it happens real quick. And so everyone's just kind of anticipating and, um, you know, having, you know, you just have to know through experience what's going to happen when a car's on the outside of you, if they're how close they are, you can kind of feel what the car's doing when it's in the middle of the corner and the quarter panels like leaned up against that air. Like you can feel it uh, in the butt of your pants when you're driving the car. And, and, um, and that's something that's hard to explain to someone who hasn't felt it before. And I wish that fans could um, feel that because it's just out of control, uh, insane feeling. I've never felt anything like it in my life, you know? So uh, it's really cool. But, um, you know, and, I, and so I think you saw that with the trucks. And you see that with Xfinity cars and the cup guys too. It's just you, know, you run side by side with it, with somebody down into a corner that that's a one group racetrack. Um, and you just, you get out of, you just, you just, the car uh, underneath you gets a little loose from there that's being taken off of their quarter panel. And uh, when you go to correct the car, you need more racetrack, and you're going to go up the track to save it. And when you do, they make contact with that car on the outside of them, and around they go. And, and that's, a, that's a tough part of it. And you got spotters and people yelling at you and letting you know when someone's loose underneath you or whatever to give them room and, and all that kind of stuff. And it makes it um, – yeah, it just makes it tough, you know. And, and uh, uh, But Texas is starting to – wear out a little bit now that second groove is starting to come in a little bit more definitely see it a little bit more in turns three and four it's a lot more comfortable running that middle groove over there and then uh in turns one and two um it's pretty stable on entry i mean it's so flat that the cars feel like they're out of control but it has pretty good grip and then off the turn two it you know it still kind of needs a little bit more grip out there but the track's done a lot of stuff with um you know dragging the tire dragging get rubber to get some rubber down on the track and i've done some things like that that have really um, helps improve the racing. And, and, I, and I honestly think in the next year or two, the way the sun and the way the asphalt is in, in Texas, you know, I grew up there, you know, most of my life, you know, the track's going to be worn out and be back in really good shape, um, you know, in another year or so. And I think you're gonna, just going to see unbelievable, spectacular races with very interesting wild finishes with the way that you can come off the top and stuff in three and four when it gets worn out. Um, and, I, and I just think it's going to be um, one of the best tracks um, on the circuit here before too long. And I, and I think Kentucky is headed in the same direction as well, too, you know, with some of the repaid jobs that they've done. Um, I think uh, the fans and everybody should be real excited um, for, for what's to come in the next couple of years. You talked about this being your uh, reintroduction back into the trucks or, you know, a car. You've been out for, for almost a year. What have you learned in the last year that is preparing you for um, – your 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 race at not only Homestead, but a potential or whatever your planned future is in 2019 with a with a full time or you know more part time or whatever you have going there. How, what, what do you feel that you've learned over the last year that that you're going to put to use um, getting back into the truck and getting back into uh, the the competition on a more uh, on a more 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 so than you have in the last year. Yeah, you know, I well, I think as every year goes on, you know, everyone grows as a person, and so I feel like I've certainly grown, um, you know, as a human being, and and I've learned a lot about the about the business of the sport, and uh, certainly experienced a lot of things this year that uh, I never thought I would experience, um, you know. So I've learned a lot of things that that ultimately I didn't think I was ever going to have to learn or go through in my life. So um, all those things are good and help you grow as an individual. 
And I, I think it's helped me grown uh, as a race car driver too, because I've just learned so much away, um, you know, being away from the racetrack this year that I think it's only going to help me grow, um, you know, on the racetrack. So, you know, it's definitely been a tough year. It's been an interesting year for me for sure. Um, but, you know, I'm grateful for um, what I've had to, had to go through and what I've had to learn. You know, I've always had to fight uh, for my place uh, in the sport. And, and I hope that never changes because, you know, it's helped me to, to appreciate uh, where I've come from and uh, appreciate what I've had, have and, and um, help me to respect the sport a lot more too. So I'm um, certainly uh, looking forward to what's to come in my future. I've been very blessed and, and very fortunate to have um, the opportunities I've been able to ha- be, be able to have, um, you know, and, and uh, so I've been able to take the year and, and kind of look around myself and, and um, just understand how, um, how blessed I truly am. And so I'm, I'm, I'm certainly um, happy to have the people that I have in my life who are helping me um, with my career. And uh, I'm just really excited about all the stuff that that's in the works for, for 2019. I, I couldn't be happier with how things are, um, shaping up and and uh, man I just want to race you know I'm a, I'm a racer it's in it's in my heart it's in my soul it's what I've done my entire life so it's all I can remember doing and so um, you know it's what I want to do with my life so I'm um, looking forward to um, being at the track in Miami being back behind the wheel it's, it's uh, really truly where I am the most happiest and I know there's a lot of racers out there that that know that exact same feeling and so I just feel blessed that I get to go uh, and do it at one of the highest levels and, um, you know, looking forward to, to many more uh, races and opportunities uh, the next year. So I'm excited about where things are headed. And, um, man, I, I'm just looking forward to it. Brennan, I appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight and talk to us. Um, you know, we're going to let you get, get going out of here, have fun down there in Disney. Um, yeah, yeah, a pro tip to that is don't go to Pecos Bills and then try and and ride, um, um, you know, Big Thunder Mountain because uh, uh, I, I don't know how many people you see, uh, you know, using the the facilities or the trash cans around it after that. So uh, pro tip to yeah, that I, one. Uh, enjoy your time. I hear you, man. <laughs> enjoy your time down there. I appreciate it. I'm standing right out front of Pecos Bills right now, and uh, I don't know what's on the agenda tonight. I think I'm going to be doing, you know, a little Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, you know, I've done a couple other rides this morning. Maybe they got some new stuff here too. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm excited to be here with the family and, and um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat some tacos and try to keep them down for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have good, you, you have a good time down there before we let you go. Let everybody know where they can follow you out on social media. So they know what you got going on at Homestead and for 2019 and good luck uh, throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, just follow me, you know, on Twitter. It's just Brennan Pool and, and Instagram. It's Brennan C. Pool. Uh, someone already had my name, which I was shocked by that. But uh, And then on YouTube, guys, I make YouTube videos. Uh, check out my channel. Follow me on YouTube. I'm posting stuff. I'm going to have new videos coming out here soon, um, definitely after the, home, the Homestead Week. So uh, check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. You take care. Thank you, guys. That was Brennan Poole there, Stephen, traveler number 35, Toyota there for Next Generation Motorsports this past weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. I was going to ask him the question, Was he? did he have any other, the two the two races left, I was going to ask him, was he going to come back? And I had checked the entry list this weekend at Phoenix, and I didn't see him. I didn't even think to check the entry list at uh, Miami. So uh, with him coming off a T15 finish there 
at Texas Motor Speedway. He's going to get back in the truck there at Miami. You and I, we're going to be able to maybe catch an interview with him down there at Homestead Miami Speedway next next week whenever we get down there. But uh, Stephen, he mentioned being out of the car truck. You know, he was he was racing. He was in the number forty two last year for Chip Ganassi Racing. Run really, 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 really well. And I don't know what happened with that deal. I know you and I, we text each other back and forth. You know, what happened to Brennan Poole? You know, we never did really hear much. Then all of a sudden, this past weekend, he pops up in a truck down there and does a hell of a job, Stephen. And he mentioned that he never thought he would be in the position that he was in in the sport. What I gather and what he said, he never thought that he would be without a ride at his at this point in his career. But uh, like he did say, and we mentioned every week, but he actually said it. He hadn't forgot where he come from. That's a young man that is a racer at heart, Steve. Yeah, it is. I think, you know, over the last year or so that, um, you know, he, he had to go through a lot to get back into this truck or get back into the NASCAR series as a whole. Um, you know, we, there's – you know, some touchy issues there with that, but he's moving forward with it, and I don't think it, you know, you, you can't hold a grudge, but for so long in this sport, you got to get moving, you got to keep going, you got to do, uh, you know, you got to get back in and, and um, work for everything that you get in this sport, and he's doing that right now. He's starting back from the ground up again. He's getting into a truck. He's ran very well in the truck. He's going to come back to Homestead. Um, you know, these are these are reintroductions. These are interviews um, for 2019. And, uh, and, you know, he's alluded to more frequent runs in, in 2019. It sounds like that he'll be in in, in uh, Daytona when when they roll off in February. So, uh, you know, a lot of good things coming. Uh, it's interesting to see that, you know, people that have been in the sport are coming back to the sport. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, just, just his general, um, uh, the way that he's approached it over the last year. I definitely agree, too. And, Stephen, uh, let's take a little quick break and let everybody catch their breath. I know uh, we had Brennan on there. You and I talked a lot about the cup stuff. But let's take a little quick break. Uh, you're in the pit stop with Timmy Spain and Stephen Wilson. We'll be right back after this short song. Some painted ladies that sparkled in the light. Country girls that love the lovers' moon. Some I never really knew, though I always wanted to. Some I only met once in a room. Some said they liked my smile, others of them stayed a while, while others left me on the run. Oh, uh-huh. 
back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Tim with Spain. The weather crow flies. I'm approximately eight miles south of this 2.66 mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. He's Stephen Wilson up in the Commonwealth of Virginia right outside of Richmond Raceway. Stephen, a uh, big interview there with Brennan Poole. Uh want to thank you and everything, but Stephen, do you have this weekend's schedule? I don't have it going into ISM Raceway uh, for the trucks, Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff going on this weekend. Um, we're going to finish this thing out in a round of uh, eight for the NASCAR Monster Energy, uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series and the round of uh, six for the Truck Series and the uh, Xfinity Series. going to lock everybody in. Going to the home sets, a lot of stuff going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So starting out there on uh, Friday afternoon, 535. Everything is Eastern time. 535, NASCAR came for Truck Series qualifying out there. Monster Engine Monster NASCAR Series Cup qualifying uh, to follow at 7 o'clock, 8.30, 150 laps, 150 miles out there from the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series in the Lucas Oil 150. Uh, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, uh, sorry, sa- yep, Saturday afternoon, 12.35, uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying. Um, NASCAR Xfinity Series racing, 3.30. Uh, oh, oh yeah, sorry. Um, Friday night, um, NASCAR came World Truck Series. Fox Sports 1 has your call on that one. Uh, MRN with radio out there. Uh, 3 o'clock on Saturday, um, the NASCAR Xfinity Wheel in 200, uh, 200 laps, 200 miles. NBCSN has coverage. MRN has radio. And then uh, then on Sunday out there, the Can-Am 500 from the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, 312 laps, 312 miles. Uh, at NBCSN TV, uh, uh, MRN has your radio. We're going to lock everybody in, and then we're going to go to Homestead. Sounds good, brother. And uh, I know I don't can't remember what time Suzanne and I's flight is out of Atlanta, but you're flying out of Richmond going to Homestead, correct? Yeah, we're leaving out of there going into Palm Beach. Uh, we'll be there, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that. 
I think you and I, I think I think you sort of helped time our itinerary is about the same time. So, uh, but we will be going live next Tuesday, and uh, Stephen uh, is trying to get uh, President Homestead Mamie Spooler down there. Matt's supposed to try to be joining us also, and uh, we're going to try to do a live show uh, that Friday morning from Homestead Mamie Speedway. Uh, Stephen Wilts and I, uh, my phone phone answer my darling wife there, Miss Suzanne, and AM. AM takes care of me. She did here at Talladega because I about got flattened by Matt DiBenedetto when I was live in the cup garage. But, Stephen, let everybody know they can follow you on social media and your website. My friend, you got the floor. You can follow us on Speedway, uh, at Speedway Digest on Twitter and SpeedwayDigest.com. Um, yeah, that's where you can follow us at. Sounds good, brother. You can follow me uh, at TD Lyman on Twitter or at the Pit Stop Radio, uh, Tim Spain on Facebook. And, um, Stephen, I want to thank you and AM for all y'all do for the sport. Uh, I want to thank my darling wife again. She takes care of the phone lines down here in Dega. And I want to thank Mr. Brent Pooh for taking time to come out while he's on vacation at Disney World and talking to us for about 30 minutes. And congratulate him coming back in the sport. And I can't wait to see him in uh, Miami Homestead next weekend. But, again, everybody watch everything on uh, on Fox, uh, MSNBC, whatever they got going on this weekend there at ISM Speedway. And, again, Stephen, thank you very much. We're going to say good night from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Despain. He is Stephen Wilson. Talk to you next Tuesday.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 